The Lord's Prayer is a beautiful prayer. And we've been talking about it now for, this is our sixth week uh, covering the Lord's Prayer. And it is just a beautiful prayer, but it is also a very structured prayer with clear points to guide us as Jesus modeled for us what prayer should look like. And so today we're kind of, we're turning a corner uh, in our journey through the Lord's Prayer. So far, we've covered three different requests uh, that are made in this prayer with our attention being on God the Father, okay? That his name would be kept holy, that his kingdom would come, and that his will would be done. And those are the first three requests that we've covered here in the Lord's Prayer, and they all deal with God the Father. It's been all about him in the first part of this prayer. But the second half of the Lord's Prayer teaches us to pray for ourselves and for others. Uh, to pray for provision, as we talk about daily bread. To pray for pardon, as we talk about forgiveness. And to pray for protection in the area of temptation. And it only takes a real quick reading of the prayer to see that there is one word in each half that sets them apart from one another. In the first half of the prayer, that word is your your name, your kingdom, your will. We keep coming back to that. In the second half of the prayer, uh, the word is us. Give us, forgive us, lead us. Uh, so one of the key takeaways as we look at the prayer as a whole is that Jesus teaches us that we should begin with God's concerns. Begin with those things, to pray about those things that concern God the most. And once we've done that, then we need to pray about our own needs and bring those. So right from the start, we have something to evaluate. We have something to look at our own prayer lives and just take a quick snapshot of your own prayer life in your mind and kind of get an idea of how you pray and what that looks like. And so ask yourself, when I pray, do I begin with my needs or do I invest time praying about those things that God has said are most important and then move on to my areas of need? Because Jesus laid that out, that when we pray, we should start in heaven and then come down to earth as we move through that prayer. Begin with God and then move on to your needs uh, secondly. And so uh, that's important to just kind of take, take a quick snapshot of your prayer life and just evaluate. Is that how I pray or am I going to God and just kind of dumping all my needs out there first and then I move on to other things? God says, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all those things, all the other things will be added unto you as well. So the second half of the Lord's Prayer is something every one of us can relate to almost instantly. Why? Because it's meant for you and the problems that you're facing in your daily life. Uh, if you think about the three things it covers, provision, pardon, and protection, it includes every aspect of your life. It starts off with provision, and provision takes care of your present. Pardon takes care of your past. And as we talk about pardon, that's, you know, forgive us our sins. And just to fast forward one week, that'll be covered next week. And Pastor Kenneth is going to be uh, jumping in, and he will be sharing next Sunday on that verse. And it, you will be blessed uh, by Pastor Kenneth, so please make sure to join us. He'll be joining us in the same studio, so everything will look the same around me. Uh, but it won't be me, it'll be Pastor Ken, and uh, we're excited to hear from him next Sunday. Um, and then uh, provision for your, I'm sorry, 
I, I lost my place as I started talking about Ken. Got all excited about him preaching next Sunday. Uh, provision takes care of your present. Pardon takes care of your past. And protection takes care of your future. So all facets of your life there are accounted for in these three areas. And not only that, but it takes care of every part of you personally. Provision, your body, pardon, your soul, and protection, your mind. And so every single thing we would ever need to pray about is already found in the Lord's Prayer. It's pretty amazing. So now that we've talked a little bit about the structure of the prayer and why it's the perfect model for our prayer lives, although really the fact that Jesus said this is the model for prayer, that's the best reason. But even on the other side, as we evaluate, it just makes sense as to why this is such a great model. We're now ready to dive into the first request that is made in the second half of the Lord's Prayer. And so we come to Matthew 6, verse 11, which says, Give us today the food we need. Or as so many of us know us, our daily bread. And on the surface, this is a prayer about food, um, which is a great prayer. Um, in fact, for most of us, that's how we learn how to pray, right? We learn how to pray around the dinner table. Uh, as our parents, you know, we say grace and we kind of listen and learn. And, uh, you know, all of our kids, they, they get that really cute stage around two where praying for your food becomes the most important thing in the world to them. And Eliza is now at that two years old stage and she will catch us. There'll be times where we're chaos and things are happening. We sit down and people are just getting their food and coming and starting to eat. And she'll be sitting in her high chair and she goes, guys, guys, pray. And she'll make everybody stop what they're doing and fold their hands. And then she's, of course, the, the prayer police. So if somebody doesn't fold their hands or if their eyes are open, she's saying, stop. You know, she's making sure because you have to fold your hands and close your eyes when you pray. And uh, she's learning to pray. She's learning the importance of prayer as we pray around the dinner table. So prayer for food is important. Uh, this is a prayer to be said, you know, before you sit down and eat. Um, but here's the thing. We're saying give us this day uh, or give us today the food we need. Give us this day our daily bread. When was the last time you actually prayed to God, oh God, please give me a meal? You know, please give me a meal. If we're honest, most of us should probably be praying the opposite. You know, oh God, prevent me from eating another meal because I've already eaten too much. Uh, that's probably a better prayer for most of us. Um, but this request, you know, give us today the food we need. It sounds like it ought to be a prayer prayed by someone living in, in Haiti or rural India where there's, you know, a huge uh, famines that are going on. But we have so much food that we take this prayer request for granted. Um, but bread in scripture is a lot more than just literal bread. It's also a symbol for all of the material needs that we have in our lives. Bread in the Lord's Prayer is not just the kind of bread that you slice and eat. It also stands for all the physical and material needs that you have. This is our invitation right now. Jesus is giving us uh, that opportunity to ask God for the needs and the necessities that we all have. And if you ever think that it's beneath God, you know, for us to ask him for some of these simple, basic requests in our lives, you know, doesn't God have better things to be concerned about than those? Remember this, it is not just permitted to ask God for our basic needs, it is commanded. Jesus told us, when you pray, pray like this. 
And this is the first of our personal requests in the second half of the prayer here. This makes the top of the list. Give us today the food we need. Give us this day our daily bread. And this is commanded of us to bring our basic needs before God in prayer. So the next thing I want us to take a look at this morning is the word daily, as in daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Daily bread is this Greek word, epiousian, epiousian. And it was an unknown word at, at the time that it was written. One commentator called it the only confusing word in the entirety of the Lord's Prayer, is this word that is translated daily bread. Now the Greek word there is very difficult because it only appears twice in the entire New Testament. The only time it's used, twice. And the only tw two times that it's used are in the two passages that contain the Lord's Prayer in Mark, or in uh, Matthew and in Luke. <clears throat> and there aren't many examples of the word outside of the New Testament. So the word was so rare that one of the early church historians suggested that Matthew and Luke made the word up to get Jesus' point across, that they created this word for daily bread. But then in 1914, a scholar found this word uh, in an ancient Greek document. There was this fragment, and it appears to be a woman's grocery shopping list that they uncovered. And on this shopping list was this word, epiousion, daily bread. And they solved there in 1914, this centuries-old puzzle about what this word really means, because it really means bread. It means daily bread. It means fresh bread. It meant bread that was not baked yesterday. It, this is not the markdown bread in the grocery store. Uh, this is daily bread. It was bread that was baked today for today. So Jesus invites us to pray for the stuff that we need in order to survive. Prayer is very real in that way. Uh, Jesus said, come to me, pray for the things you need to make it through the day. And Jesus is teaching us in this, the importance of moment by moment, 100% dependence upon God for the things that we need. He's teaching us that we need to learn to lean on God every single day for even the basic necessities of life. That's where we need to put our faith and put our trust because if we don't trust him with the basic things, it's going to be really hard to trust him with the bigger things. So it starts there. You know, because leaning on God is a process. It takes time. You're, you're, you develop that muscle, if you will. You know, there's... Uh, What's the old uh, gospel song? Learning to lean. Learning to lean. I'm learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Finding more power than I'd ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. But it's learning. You don't just instantly, instinctively lean on God. We depend on ourselves so much and we have to counteract that and learn to lean on God. And so that happens as we begin with those basic necessities of life. But here's the thing, and this is kind of an interesting, you know, thought that some of you guys who like to be analytical, you might have already gone here. Why pray this if we already know where our next meal and where our next 12 meals are going to come from? I mean, why pray this? I mean, look at this verse again. Here's what Jesus asks us to pray or the model he gives us to pray. Give us today the food we need. 
Give us today the food we need. Here's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to anchor us in the present as we pray this, in the now. He wants to break us out of focusing on our tainted past or our anxiety-filled future. And he wants to plant our feet firmly in the now, in today. Through prayer, that's one of the things that God does. He teaches us how to be present. The emphasis in this passage is on right now, today. God, give us what we need. Come to him with your immediate and daily needs. Prayer is putting aside the worry and the stress and asking God, will you meet me in this space right now with everything that I need? That's what prayer is. It's part of and it leads to the reality that God wants relationship with every one of us. If we were to pray, hey God, would you give me all the needs for 2021? Would you just take care of all the needs that I have coming up in 2021? And he were to say, absolutely, done deal. And he were to give them all to us right then, all our needs are met for the rest of the calendar year. You know what we would do? We'd be like, hey, let's talk again January 1st, 2022. <laughs> we'll be back, God. And if you could make the deposit again on January 1st, then we'd be good again. But praying, give us today our daily bread, keeps us connected to the vine. What do I mean by that? Connected to the vine? In John 15, 5, Jesus says this. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me. Uh, another translation says those who abide in me. And I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So there is this continual need to stay connected to Jesus. Not just when we have need, but every day going and staying connected with Jesus. So when we pray, give us our daily bread, we're connecting ourselves to God in the now, in the present, and saying, God, I need to hear your voice. God, I need to feel your touch. God, I need to receive your provision. Not tomorrow, but God, I need it right now. Because here's the thing, if we're honest, some of us are riding this spiritual wave that crested and broke years and years ago. This epiusion, this daily bread, is a new wave. It's a new swelling up. It's a continual reconnection with God. It's bread for the moment. So Jesus is saying you don't need to live on stale bread. You don't need to live on a stale experience on what I've done for you before. Come to me in the present. Come to me now. So with all this as background for what this means, this daily bread prayer, I want to stretch our thinking about this verse a little bit. Give us today the food we need is more than just a prayer request. It's really an entire way of looking at life differently. Let's call it daily bread living. And I want to talk about daily bread living. And if we begin to pray this prayer and truly understand what Jesus was driving at here, it's going to lead to a new attitude for each one of us, a new way of life. And for the rest of our time together this morning, I want to look at four steps to daily bread living. Four qualities that need to be in your life if this prayer request is ever going to become a reality for you. And the first step to daily bread living is gratitude to God for all of his blessings. Gratitude to God for all of his blessings. And the first step really comes from the very first word, give. God, would you give? Uh, when we ask God to give, we've figured something out, haven't we? We've figured out that he is the source. 
We figured out that he is the one we need to go to. This prayer request teaches us that everything we have comes from God. Everything, the clothes, the food, the friendships, the education, the mind we use, the words we speak, everything comes from God. He is the source. Look at the words of Moses in Deuteronomy 8, verse 10. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. David says in 1 Chronicles 29, 14, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave us. Everything we have, Trilogy, comes from him. And that mindset is crucial for us to living with the gratitude that God deserves from us. But we tend to take too much for granted. Uh, have you ever stopped to think about how incredible creation is? You know, we spent some time talking pre-service about all the rain we've been receiving lately. And it's just watching that electrical storm last night. It's unreal, the power of nature. But think about how incredible creation is. I mean, God could have made things so that we eat nothing but mud for our survival. You know, mud for breakfast, mud for lunch, mud for supper. Wouldn't be very exciting. Um, he could have made everything gray, you know, with no color. But he didn't do that. He created a whole world for us to enjoy with different tastes and smells. And uh, he painted it all in vibrant color. And the whole world, he says, is yours to enjoy. Lying in a field, looking up at drifting clouds, letting the juice dribble down your chin, you know, and eating this really scrumptious peach, losing your breath when you jump into an ice cold stream, watching your kids play at your feet, climbing a mountain and standing on the summit in silence, you know, soaking in the view. All those things are gifts from Almighty God. And when we realize this, it leads to the conclusion that an awareness of God's provision should always be an invitation to a life of gratitude. Once we get to that place where we become aware that God is the source of all of this, we should enter into this lifestyle of constant gratitude to God for everything that we are and everything that we have and everything that we get to experience. Always, always, always. Because if we lose sight of this ultimate reality that we are really dependent beings, because we start to go, well, God, I worked hard for that. You know, I've done that. Here's what God's response should be when we start to get that mindset, that attitude. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about how you've worked for it. Because I'd like to tell you how I wired you and how I gave you the gifts that you have and how I gave you the mind that you have and how I gave you the body that you have and how I gave you the air that you're breathing that's going in and out of your lungs right now and how I gifted you. I think you see the point. Because everything we have is a gift from God. And if we lose sight of that perspective, we lose sight of it all. Never lose a sense of gratitude for all that we have been given. Now, the second step to daily bread living is contentment with what God has already provided. Contentment with what God has already provided. The key to the second step is in the very last word. Give us today our daily bread. 
Jesus told us to ask for bread, not cake. <laughs> not our daily dessert. Jesus encourages us to pray for our needs, not our greeds. Now get this. Jesus encourages us to pray for our needs, not our greeds. We're told to pray and ask God for what we really need, not for every wild desire that comes into our mind. This prayer is not an invitation to become, you know, to pray to become incredibly rich simply so that we can add to our bottom line and so we can compete better with the people that live next door. It's not an invitation to pray for everything you see advertised on television. Uh, not that having those things is wrong in and of itself. But the text says bread, not chocolate eclair. Um, we need to trust God for the things we really need. Ask God for those things you need. A few years back, I got to go to Ukraine and uh, spent time training young church planters there. It was a powerful trip, loved every second I was over there. And during my visit, I loved one particular custom that was repeated again and again in almost every home that we went to, in the, the church that we stayed at. Um, and at the beginning of the meal, we all stood and bowed our heads and thanked God for the food. Very similarly to what you know we would do here in the United States. Some people stand, some people hold hands, some people just bow their heads and you know pray individually. Um, but that was at the beginning of the meal. And then we sat down and we shared our meal together. And then at the end of the meal, we stood up again and we prayed, thanking God for what we had just received. And it was a powerful thought trainer. Uh, it reinforced our dependence on God to meet our needs. We thanked him at the beginning, and then after we were done eating, we went back and we thanked him again for what we had just received, lest we forget that he was the source. And it made you think differently, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. That's what it means to say that God has given you daily bread, to be truly thankful and truly content with what he has provided for us. I think sometimes we get caught up in all these other things and all the trappings of this world and materialism is, is the biggest enemy of the daily bread living thought process because we can get so caught up in, I want this, I have to have this, and I'm going to pursue this. When God says, pursue me and I'll take care of your needs. Listen to this in Proverbs 30. This is a powerful verse. Proverbs 30 verses 7 through 9. Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. What an incredible way of looking at life. Lord, don't make me too rich. Don't make me too poor. Give me whatever you think is enough and I will be content. Contentment is such a powerful, powerful thing. You know, that's why when I teach on generosity, I teach give first, okay, which honors God. Save second, which grows wealth over time and prepares for the future. And then the third thing is live off the rest, and that teaches contentment in our lives. We need to have that contentment. 
because otherwise we're always going to be anxious. We're always going to be stressed because we don't have enough because we're competing. We're trying to outdo other people. We're trying to get everything that we see. And it's just this materialistic perspective that dominates our culture that can easily infiltrate our thought processes. And God wants to teach us contentment with what he has given us. Uh, you know, I just, I'll throw one more quote in here. Uh, and what it can even do is prevent us from having the relationship with God that we're supposed to have because God is the source. God is sufficient. We should be satisfied with just God. But A.W. Tozer says, you will never be satisfied with God and until you are satisfied with God only. You'll never be satisfied with God and anything else until you are satisfied with God only. And we got to get to that point where the trappings fall away and we are content with God and what he provides for us. Third step to daily bread living is confidence that God will meet my needs every single day. The third step to daily bread living is confidence that God will meet my needs every single day. Daily bread living means believing that God will provide you with what you need on a daily basis. And the experience of the people of Israel uh, in the Sinai wilderness uh, gives us a powerful illustration of this principle. Exodus 16 uh, records the story. The children of Israel had just crossed the Red Sea. Uh, they've escaped slavery in Egypt. And after that great miracle, they started complaining. The Israelites historically have been really good at complaining when they, you know, I uh, want to just blame God. Now they're out in the middle of the desert and they're saying, why did you bring us out here? You know, at least we got to eat back in Egypt. Who cares about miracles? We're going to starve to death. I mean, this is the type of things that the people are saying. So Moses went to God and he says, God, I got trouble with your people. And God said, tell them to get ready because I'm going to provide food for them. So the Lord sent them manna and quail. You ask, what is manna? Uh, manna, literally translated, is what is it? <laughs> so nobody knows for sure what manna is. Uh, but the, the, they are, it is described a little bit in Scripture. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, the quail uh, birds, obviously, were going to come flying in low to the ground at night so they'd be easily caught. And God provided these quail supernaturally. Uh, and then the next morning, the Jews would find dew on the ground. And when the dew would disappear, they would find these wafers that tasted like crackers with honey, manna. And God's instructions were very, very specific. Go out and get as much as you need for yourself and your family, but don't get any more than what you need. Why? Because if you get any more than you need, it will rot and then the maggots will infest your quail. So God said, don't do it. Just get, I'll provide every day. And uh, on the day before the Sabbath, you can collect for two days, okay? So they wouldn't have to collect it on the Sabbath. But that's it. Anyone who tries to hoard extra manna will end up with a worm-infested rotting mess. So God is teaching us in the Old Testament the same thing he's trying to teach us here in the New Testament, that he is willing to supply our needs, but only on a day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day basis. He wants us to keep coming back to him. Now, we don't like to live like that, okay? Most of us have freezers at home filled with food. Maybe we have a side of beef and some vegetables, and we have plenty of food. You know, we've got this food stashed away. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, all right? There's zero wrong with that. 
Um, but a freezer filled with food does make it more challenging to pray this prayer sincerely because we don't like to live the way Jesus is talking about here. We don't want to live day to day. We'd rather have pension plans and stocks and bonds and options and life insurance policies that guarantee a secure future. And if we had our way, this prayer would read, give us this week our weekly bread or give us this month our monthly bread or even better yet, give us this year our yearly bread. Just give it to us all at once and we'll be all right. Then we'll trust you. But God doesn't work that way. He works by teaching his people moment by moment dependence on him. God works by teaching his people moment by moment dependence on him. Life is uncertain. I don't know if you have caught wind of things, but things are kind of uncertain right now. The economy is very uncertain. Uh, the supply chain is very uncertain. Uh, we don't know whether there's going to be meat in the stores, you know, next week. There's computer viruses attacking large meat providers. There's the dollar is going crazy. And I mean, it's, it's kind of insane what's happening in the world around us right now. Everything is uncertain. And most people, statistics tell us, most people don't have enough savings to get through one month if they were to lose their jobs. You could be doing fine, and then one day the doctor says, I'm sorry, the tests are positive, you've got cancer, your life gets rearranged in a split second. Just when you think you've got it all together, an illness, the loss of a job, the collapse of an empire that you put together, things that are outside of your control can happen so fast. And as painful as those moments are, and they are painful, nobody likes to go through those, obviously, but they serve a purpose in that they move us away from self-sufficiency to a place of God-sufficiency from self-reliance to God-reliance, from trusting in our own ability to trusting in God alone. Now, does this mean you shouldn't plan ahead? Not at all. Uh, you should plan ahead. That's biblical. And we talked about that with regard to our, our finances. Give first, save second, save is planning for the future and live off the rest. Uh, but here's the thing. You should plan ahead, but you shouldn't worry ahead. You should plan ahead but don't let your planning or apparent lack thereof cause stress and anxiety and worry because that is not what God has for his children. You should plan ahead, but you shouldn't worry ahead. And there's a big difference there. You should plan ahead. You shouldn't worry ahead. The whole point of asking for daily bread is to teach us to take life one day at a time. Daily bread living means taking life one day at a time and being confident that God will take care of your needs day by day by day as we continue to trust in him. Finally, the fourth step to daily bread living is generosity towards those who are in need. Generosity towards those who are in need. And the principle here comes from the little word, our. Give us today our daily bread. It doesn't say, give me my daily bread. It says, give us our daily bread. That's a completely different prayer. You're never invited in the Lord's Prayer to pray for yourself alone. Not one time. Every time you pray this prayer, you're invited and encouraged and even commanded to pray together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because when we pray this way, it takes you out of that narrow focus of your own problems and it opens you up to a whole world of people all around you. And that thought kind of runs against the grain of modern society, doesn't it? You know, in the workplace, only the tough survive. You've got to look out for yourself, make sure no one's gaining on you. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there. Whoever works the hardest gets the most. You know, the world says get to the top any way you can. 
It's quite different from the words of Jesus in Luke 6, 38, where Jesus said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You know, the whole mindset of you've got to look out for number one is totally opposite of what Jesus teaches here. Everything you have comes from God. And the blessings that you have are not given to you for your own personal benefit. What is given to you in trust is given so that you would share it with others. And as you live with this kind of obedience, God will continue to provide for you. And that's what, you know, that verse that we just read in Luke 6.38 says. He will continue to provide for you and give you an abundance so you can be even more generous. Because what you have is not simply to be used on yourself. It is to be used for the benefit of others. You, might, you maybe call this Biblical Economics 101. It's not for you. It's for others. What you have is loaned to you so that you can give it to other people. Our implies you don't pray alone. When we pray, give us today our daily bread, we can never pray as if we're the only people in the world. We're to pray thinking about the needy around us. The early church definitely got this concept and they lived it out. Acts 2 verses 44 to 47. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Guys, there is a direct correlation to God's people being the generous, giving community that he's called us to be and God adding to our number daily those who are being saved. It's right here in Acts chapter 2. We need to be that kind of followers of Jesus. The extra that God has blessed us with is not for storing, it's for sharing. That's what this prayer is about. That's the fourth step to daily bread living. So this prayer request, like all the others in the Lord's Prayer, opens us up to a whole new way of looking at life. It's far more than just a few words on a piece of paper for us. This is what the Christian life really is all about so what is daily bread living? Let me summarize. Daily bread living is gratitude to God for all of his blessings, contentment with what God has already given you, confidence that God will meet your needs day by day by day, and generosity towards those who are in need around you. Gratitude, contentment, confidence, and generosity. Here's the thing. Those who know God know that he knows even when they don't know. <laughs> let me say that again. Those who know God know that he knows even when they don't know. And instead of giving in or giving up, they give thanks. That's daily bread living. It's that mindset that causes us to ask God for the daily bread we need and then to trust that he will answer this prayer every time, day after day, in his own way, according to his own will. Gratitude, contentment, confidence, generosity. That's what daily bread living is all about. And if you pray this prayer enough, that's where you'll end up. And it's not a bad place to be. Let's pray. God, thank you for your provision in our lives. God, we are in awe of what you have created, that you have created us. We are in awe that even though we threw that gift away, 
Through our sin, you have made provision for us to be forgiven and restored. God, in our restored lives as we follow Jesus, I pray, God, that you would help us to live this daily bread living mindset, this kind of lifestyle, that we would live with gratitude, thankful for all you've done for us. We would live with contentment, God, just satisfied with what you have given to us and not worried about obtaining more. God, we would be looking out for the needs of those around us. God, I just pray that you would help us to be a giving people and bless those around us with regularity and be watching out for those who might be in need and coming, God, to journey alongside others as they need help. God, we are so grateful uh, for our church family. And I just pray that you would continue to grow us in this area of daily bread living. God, as we do, let it be something that is attractive to those who are outside of the body of Christ, to those who are looking for truth, they are looking for answers, they're looking for something genuine. God, let them find that and be drawn because of the way that we live according to this prayer. God, we thank you. Be with us this week. Help us to start. If we haven't been living this way, God, help us to start to, to retrain our minds, to think the way you want us to think and to live the way you want us to live. Let us start this week. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.